Hi, everybody, and thanks for taking time out of your schedule to listen in to our Hillco Global Smarter Perspective podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Steve Katz, and this uh, might be your first time with us. If so, welcome. We're really glad that you could tune in. Today, we're speaking with Mitch Vanneman and Dan Miggins about a bit of a real estate conversion phenomenon that's taking place in major metropolitan areas around the country right now, where it's no secret that there's quite a bit of office space sitting vacant or about to become vacant. So we'll be discussing that as it pertains to TIF-funded office-to-residential conversions, and more specifically, the role that a court-appointed receiver like Hilco Real Estate can and really should be playing in that process on behalf of a lender. So Mitch and Dan, we're really excited to dig into it today. Welcome to the podcast. Down here with you, Steve. Great to be here, Steve. All right, great. Uh, so again, to get us rolling, Dan, maybe you can explain first what a TIF-funded conversion is, why we're seeing its use so much these days in office-to-residential conversions, and also how it's being used differently in various geographies around the country. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Um, so from a very high level, uh, different cities recently have been taking initiatives uh, relative to implementing TIF funding relative to office properties. Uh, and for those that don't know, TIF funding is tax increment financing, uh, which is a public financing method that is used as a subsidy for redevelopment, infrastructure, and other community improvement projects uh, all throughout the country. Uh, the original intent of the TIF program uh, is to stimulate private investment in a blighted area that has been designated to be in need of economic revitalization. And what's pretty different nowadays versus how kind of TIF funding has been used in the past is office, right? Uh, office has been on everyone's mind. It's in every headline. Uh, it's on the news network. And everyone's trying to figure out what are we going to do with all this vacant space because it doesn't seem like uh, people are going back to the office and work from home or hybrid models are here to stay. And so some geographies have been faster in terms of implementing resolutions using TIF funding for these office assets, while some have been a little slower. Um, right now, Chicago has the LaSalle Street Reimagined program, uh, which we're involved in and Mitch is going to speak a little bit more about later. Uh, but New York has the MCOR program that uh, I think came into initiation in January of 2023. Um, San Francisco and California have passed or proposed a bill uh, within the last month, and we are in June right now. And so depending on the city, depending on the geography, depends on how quickly uh, the program has been initiated and, and for something like Chicago, uh, what has been awarded. Um, What's unique right now about this situation is the supply and demand of the undersupply of housing and, and what's needed from a, uh, a day-to-day tenant of where you live and the oversupply of office stock. And this is probably the first type of reset for the office market that's occurred to this capacity, I think, kind of ever in the office market. I know there have been different cycles in the GFC. And the RTC had different kind of uh, tendency or occupancy, but nothing at this magnitude or level before. So local agencies are doing their best to try and initiate these TIF conversion projects so that they can provide more housing. What's also unique is that uh, there's a affordable housing component to a lot of these uh, programs, specifically the one in Chicago. Uh, requires a 30% mix of affordable housing 
um, as well, which is defined as 60% of the median income. The other thing that's pretty unique right now is who are the lenders, right? Who are the owners and, and how are they making their decisions relative to whether it's to appoint a receiver, whether it's consensual foreclosure versus a non-consensual foreclosure. And uh, depending on the age or class of the office, is it a class B office? Is it a C office? Is it an A, A minus? Is it an urban core? Is it in the suburbs? All depends on A, whether or not that municipality will actually look to award TIF funding or start a a TIF program, uh, and B, whether or not the market will actually absorb um, that conversion. And so we're already seeing right now uh, sort of the winners and losers shaking out. Um, There are some lenders that are choosing to appoint a receiver. Um, There are some lenders that are choosing to foreclose. And there are some lenders that may, depending on like that same lender may choose one city that they believe is going to be a winning city or winning asset um, to foreclose on, take title to, and then they'll work it out in-house. Or that same lender in a different city may actually make a motion to appoint a receiver. And and that's where we can kind of come in and help them a little bit better. Specifically to Chicago and, and the matter that we were handling at 30 North LaSalle, there were only five applicants that have been awarded uh, TIF funding thus far. There were three in the first round. Uh, there were two in the second round. And right now there was a change in the new mayor. And so the, the awarding has occurred and whether or not the funds will be granted are uh, to be determined at the moment. All right. Thanks, Dan. You know, clearly these are very complex uh, undertakings. So Mitch, can you talk us through a bit about why it's such a good idea to get a receiver involved in these efforts and the role that the receiver um, can play and also how this really benefits the lender. Yes, Steve, you're right. These conversions can be quite complex. There's a number of of pieces that all have to fall into place. And and one of those, uh, once the TIF funds have been awarded, is that you want to make sure you select good partners so that includes both architectural and construction firms, as well as a property manager to, to continue to manage the property on a day-to-day basis on behalf of uh, the office tenants. Um, one of the things that we've seen going through the TIP application process and prior to conversion is that there's a lot of uneasiness around the existing, or there can be some uneasiness, I should say, around the existing tenant base in the office. They're concerned about uh, having a portion of the building as a residential um, facility as well. But what we've been able to do and we've been able to alleviate some of those concerns is that a number of these buildings that are being converted from a portion of them that are being converted from office to apartment have the ability to have separate entrances. So what you may do is you may take out an existing uh, ground floor space and then have that as an entryway for the residential while continuing to use the existing resident or um, entry space for office. And and it would be separate elevator banks. So there's really no interaction between office and residential um, tenants. The other thing that the receiver needs to focus on is the overseeing the day-to-day management. And that can be anything from the execution of new leases to granting tenant rent relief in certain scenarios the collection of rents, and also, most importantly, the oversight of the insurance co- coverage, making sure that's 
uh, current and up to date with the proper amounts of coverage. Um, buildings such as these that we've seen with the Class B, Class A office product really haven't had the deferred maintenance issues that we would have seen, say, in the, the Great Recession with uh, B or B minus shadow anchored retail centers. For the most part, there's a, a the buildings have been well maintained and maybe slightly dated, but we're not experiencing life safety issues. Um, and then, Steve, I actually I'll just turn it back to you at this point. Okay, so um, very interesting, and uh, you know, it's obviously a lot of different roles uh, and time very time consuming roles that I think uh, you know could could take uh, the focus away from from what lenders we need, really need to be focused on. Um, in in having Hillco uh, as a third party administrator for that really uh, can not only save time but allow that focus to be where it, where it needs to be on behalf of the lender. Um, what about the sale of these properties? Is, is is that part of the receiver's role as well? And can you also touch on the other roles that an experienced firm like Hillco Real Estate can play as a receiver beyond specifically office to residential conversions? Yeah. Uh, let me take the second part of that question first. Uh, Hilco, by and large, and our parent company, Hilco Global, really at the base of it was we're a valuation monetization firm. So we have deep experience in valuing all kinds of assets as well as selling all kinds of assets. And so one of the things that as a receiver that I bring to the table by working with Hilco or working for Hilco, I should say, is that we have the ability to come in. Uh, and, and solve problems in a different manner than, than most organizations or receivers may. And so that may have to do with value, looking at how to value the property. Is the property best served being condoed out and sold as a portion of these, uh, the property as multifamily units and the other prop portion of the property is office? Um, or is it better off being sold off as a portion being office and multifamily all in one sale. So there's a number of different ways we can look at that. And it, there's no true, really easy answer to that question. One of the, the mandates that has been included quite often in receivership order is the ability of the receiver to sell the property. And, and what that does is it, it can do a couple of things uh, for a lender. It allows the lender not to step into the chain of title. So there may be transfer taxes involved. It depends on the, the geographic jurisdiction, but there could be sale transfer taxes involved. So that keeps the lender from paying a transfer tax on a couple different instances. What it also does is if there's construction defects, it keeps the, the lender out of the chain of title for being liable for any construction defects. And another inter interesting aspect that we've discussed with a number of our clients is with the spike in interest rates a little over 12 months ago, a number of these, these loans, these properties that are distressed have well below market interest rates and the ability to assume those loans, if they're assumable, uh, provides additional value to these properties. So on the disposition side of our business at Hilco, we're currently marketing a couple properties um, that that have below market rate interest rates with a, a fair amount of remaining term. And this is attractive potential buyers. Yeah, listen, all great points, Mitch. And um, Dan, anything else you wanted to add to that? Yeah, Steve, really appreciate it. Um, piggybacking off of what Mitch said, uh, the val like the the basis of Hilco is the ability to value and monetize assets, and so that exists both in terms of valuing the actual real estate asset as well as valuing the loan. And with the our team primarily engages with credit that 
credit at a bank and the special assets group. Um, that's credit amongst the CMBS world and special servicers. That's private credit, including private equity funds, whether they are involved in securitization or not. Um, and we have a team that can handle pretty much any problem that somebody has when they're dealing with a borrower. And so I have a colleague who specializes in UCC foreclosure sales, and we have seen some of those occurring both within CMBS as well as private credit. Um, we have colleagues that are bankruptcy experts. And so let's say you have a borrower file and you don't know what to do. Um, give us a call and we're happy to have a conversation about how we can work through that problem. If you're looking to appoint a receiver, I think you've met Mr. Mitch who can handle anything that you need there. And if you're a bondholder, right, we have a whole Hilco valuation department that can help you either uh, contest being appraised out or staying within a position. Um, the point is, is that a lot of the conversations that I've had with attorneys and lenders in this space are, how come I never heard of you guys before? And most of the time, it's because we haven't directly engaged the senior secure lenders in the space. However, what really makes us different is that we're not just another brokerage. We're not just another service provider. We play in the space that others don't. And when the largest companies have problems, they always end up coming to us. And so for us, it's more so you have a problem. We can help you solve it. Yeah. No, I'm really glad that... Uh... That you chimed in on that because I think that is a big point of differentiation for Hilco, um, and it just seems to be getting you know broader and broader in terms of the scope uh, and the experience that you guys bring to lenders and and others, com- you know, companies, lenders, anyone really who needs assistance, uh, either in difficult times or uh, in when things are running smoothly and and companies are healthy. So. Uh, listen, guys, thanks for joining us and for uh, helping the audience, many of whom I know are lenders, to better understand a bit more about what's happening, not only with these conversions right now, but also the role that a receiver can and really should be playing in many of these situations. Uh, and I'm pretty certain that uh, some of our listeners are going to want to speak with you guys, which, of course, is the goal of of uh, these podcasts to a large degree. Uh, so can you do me a favor and share your contact info so they can reach out? You bet, Steve. Uh, my phone number, this is Mitch Vanneman, and my phone number is 303-641-0175. And my email address is mvanneman, V-A-N-N-E-M-A-N, at hilcoglobal.com. And my contact information, this is Daniel Miggins, is uh, 646-984-4580. Um, as my cell and my email is dmiggins at hilcoglobal.com. That's D-M-I-G-G-I-N-S at hilcoglobal.com. And that's one L in Hilco. All right. Perfect. Thanks again, guys and listeners. As always, we hope that this Smarter Perspective podcast provided you with at least one key takeaway that you can put to good use in your business or share with a colleague or client to help make them that much more successful moving forward. And remember, you can check out more great podcasts and articles featuring timely insights from Hilco experts like Dan and Mitch at hilcoglobal.com forward slash smarter dash perspectives. Until next time for Hilco Global, I'm Steve Katz. 